one of our absolute biggest hurdles we have to try to somehow conquer when we are XLDS women is figuring out how to do God with our kids. <laughs> it's one of those great things. It's like, holy smokes, God has just entrusted us with these precious, beautiful babies. And we are somehow supposed to teach these beautiful babies all about God. And we're still just figuring it out on our own. Well, guess what? Today, we have an amazing author of children's books who has been in children's ministry for forever, and she's going to give us some great insight and tips on how to do that, how to bring God into our home, how to bring God into our children's lives, and be able to do that easily and in a way that actually makes impact. For today, we're talking to Christy Thomas. Let's go ahead and dive in. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done. And he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. All right, Christy, I am so excited to have you here with us today. Uh, as we were talking about just before I, I hit record, I think that what you are doing is probably some of the biggest work that can be done because you are helping us mamas with their kiddos. And I know that everybody is just going to get so much out of this today. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm sometimes it feels like what I'm doing doesn't matter and the world doesn't care, but you're right. Thank you for that. That was just huge affirmation for me right there. Thank you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many emails or messages or different things I've gotten from people who listen to the podcast who just say, I want to know how to do God in my home with my kids. And that is everything that you encompass and what you are doing. So uh, first off, before we go any further, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. That would be great. Well, my name is Christy Thomas. I am a homeschool mom of three boys. I wasn't always a homeschool mom. So when I talk about family faith, I'm not talking exclusively from a homeschool perspective. We were a public school family for a few years and we also tried a Christian school for a year too. <laughs> and uh, before I came home to homeschool and work from home. I was a children's pastor at my church for a, more than 10 years. I took some time off kind of in between the 12 years from when I started to end <laughs> to have babies, but basically ended up working there for about 10 years as the children's pastor and really loved it there, but really felt like God was calling me to talk more about faith in the home than just focus all my efforts on running programs all the time for kids. So that is what I do now. And I also have some books for Christian families, which have been a real joy and a definitely a huge learning experience for me <laughs> as I've written them. And I, I 
love being able to offer those resources to families as well. That's amazing. So here at Finding Faith Above, we really, everybody who's on here is on their own faith journey. And really everybody on this planet is on their own faith journey. And what we are taking people on is on a Jesus journey and going really from finding that faith, living that faith, and then turning around and giving back and giving faith to other people as well. And I guess just for your own journey, take it back to the beginning. Uh, what did God look like for you growing up? Did you grow up in a Christian home or how did, how was God introduced to you and where did that all begin this passion for really helping others with God as well? Uh, well, I used to tell people that I was born in a pew. <laughs> now I wasn't literally born in a pew, but my parents took me to church a lot. So my parents are of the generation where you just take your kids to church. Like we don't talk about this at home. The church talks about it. So I went to Sunday morning church for two services. You know, we went to Sunday school and children's church. And then we went back on Sunday evenings for hymn singing. And when I was in preschool, I went to this Christian preschool group called We College, where I distinctly remember memorizing Psalm 23. And so it was like three when I did that. And then uh, growing up as I was in elementary, I went to a church group called Pioneer Girls. My parents made me go to youth group. Like I did all the church things. That one big Christian thing though that I didn't do was go to the local Christian school. My parents actually put me in public school. Just been in, was an interesting choice for them, partly because the Christian school I think was too expensive, but also because they, I don't know, just some personal things for them. Um, I had... I have just two parents who are still married, which is a huge gift. I had, I had a younger sister when I was growing up, she was killed in a car accident when I was 18. And I have a big extended family about a quarter of whom also follow Christ. So um, for me, God was kind of just always there. I remember like kneeling beside a Christmas tree when I was maybe four or five years old and asking Jesus into my heart. Um, so it, there was nothing like, you know, those big moments, you know, like a, it, it, the apostle Paul talks about his big moment when he saw the light on the road to Damascus. I never had a moment like that. My life was more like the life of Timothy in the new Testament where his mom and his grandma just taught him about God. And now my parents didn't really directly do that. Um, I, I wish that they would have done more of that, but I think they just didn't know how. So as I grew up, I, I was the one who was like, can we stop just saying, come Lord Jesus, be our guest. May this food to us be blessed at mealtimes. Can we say something more like a real prayer? <laughs> and my dad was like, how's that not a real prayer? And I remember like putting out a Bible verse for him about like the pagans just repeating oh, everything. I was, I was maybe not the best <laughs> in high school. <laughs> And then, you know, trying to like bring in advent wreaths into my family. And like, I wanted to do more, but my parents were just like, well, this is a little much. <laughs> so, and there was even a time when I thought my parents weren't believers. And now I know that they have always been. And I, I see the clues that were planted for me and things that really did help for me. You know, I remember my dad praying before bed, like he not praying with me, but I would hear him. If I stayed up late enough, I would hear him praying over us while he was in bed. And I knew that, you know, as I grew up, he had a kind of like a prayer space downstairs and I would see books that he was working through. And I, every once in a while I'd spy my mom kneeling beside the bed. So as I grew, I started to see those clues that they were Christians, but it was a very private faith. It wasn't something he talked about with me. 
So that's kind of one of the things that I had to conquer when I had my own kids was I didn't want my faith just to be a private thing, but I didn't know how to make it a public thing, even just in my family. Yeah. So that was actually going to be my next question is on, you know, this journey that we are all on in our faith. How did having kids of your own really shape your faith or change your faith? Or how did that, you know, make you decide to go a different way with how you presented your faith? Well, I kind of like as a children's pastor, I knew kind of like how to do a little lesson with my kids. So we did like a little lesson every night when my kids were two and three years old. But then I really noticed this, you know, when my kids were maybe four or five. So I would try to spend my time by myself when my kids were either napping um, or like in quiet time. And I was trying to pray and my, one of my kids would come upstairs and be like, quiet, go away. Mommy's reading the Bible. <laughs> like I'm like yelling at my kids while I'm reading <laughs> the Bible and thinking, wow, that was super hypocritical of me. And realizing, <laughs> you know what? I'm just doing this little thing on my own and then doing this little thing over there with them. But I want it to be more of a thing we do together. And so that forced me to start talking about it with my kids, which helped me grow my faith. Cause I think if you want to learn theology or learn anything about the Bible, start by teaching it to kids because you have to know it. <laughs> um, you know, you want to start telling a Bible story to kids, you might want to read it first. And then before you teach it to them, um, so that just pushed me so much in, you know, yeah. I had to learn how to answer their questions and not that I know how to answer all their questions now, but just having kids pushed me to go deeper and more in a, a way where I then learn, had to learn how to articulate it to my kids as well and not just keep it in my own head and in my own heart. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that that's absolutely true. If you want to learn anything in this world or, <laughs> <laughs> or what you do, I, I think teaching probably prompts you more than anything else to have to figure mm -hmm. it out. And yeah. Uh, yeah, with our kids, we just, it's so important to give them that and to teach them and just to help them to grow. Um, they're, they're, we're raising little world changers. So we want to make sure that uh, we're doing a good job. So I love talking to Christian authors because uh, you truly are using your God-given gifts to, you know, give back in this world. And I think it is just beautiful. And so I think, um, yeah, I just want to dive into a little bit more about your book, but before we do that, so this morning, this is kind of, it's funny how God works, right? Sometimes, but this morning, my little Bible study that I was doing on my own was in Galatians uh, 16 through 25. And it was talking about um, the works of the flesh versus, or being the opposite of the fruit of the spirit and what the fruit of the spirit is. And I just think it was so cool because I mean, totally not trying to dive into the fruit of the spirit because we were doing this interview today, but that really is what your new book is all about, which I think is just so cool how he works that way. So I wanted to read this little part, um, about, uh, your new book, uh, fruitful, which I just love. Um, the fruit of the spirit is a tricky concept to teach kids because in our effort to make an abstract concept understandable to kids, we often miss the point. So I wanted you to tell me a little bit more about your book. And what you mean by that, because I do think that's so true, but what is a, how can we do this right with them? Mm. Okay. So I, I first noticed this in my children's ministry time that, you know, we wanted to do the fruit of the spirit with our kids. Cause wow, isn't it fun? We can like have all the fruit salad and the bananas and we can paint smiles on 
apples and <laughs> we can dress up like cute fruit. And there's so many stickers and activity pages and so many cute things, but it's actually a super abstract concept. So our kids are, when they're young, especially like under 10 years old, they don't really understand metaphors, maybe similes a little bit more, but metaphors, they're like, what? <laughs> I don't get that. They don't start thinking abstractly until they're preteens. We love sharing the fruit of the spirit idea because it gives us fun visuals, but it's, it's a metaphor. So in the end, most of the curriculum I used in Sunday school created these two problems. First, it confused kids because they were like, what does peace have to do with a peach? And to be honest, I don't even know what peace has to do with a peach. So, <laughs> so maybe it's not just a kid thing. But then because it's confusing, it's really easy to turn it into a moral lesson for kids. We end up giving them legalism instead of Jesus. We definitely don't want to do that as Christians. I mean, what makes us Christians is Christ. So we don't want to just be giving them a to-do list. Okay, kids, it's time to be kind. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day and, and we often just present it as the what, like, what should we be? We should be loving. We should be kind. We should be gentle. But the fruit of the spirit is more about the how, how do we get to become more loving and kind? Well, it's a fruit of the spirit. So that means we need to have this spirit in us growing this good fruit in us. So um, the approach in the book is that we grow in the fruit of the spirit by abiding in Christ. So we spend a hundred days with Jesus. So for example, then in a devotion, we're going to see how he shows love. Another one, we're going to see how he talks about love. And then instead of striving harder to practice love out of our own good works, we're going to fill up with the love of Jesus and we're going to let it grow the fruit of love in us. So kind of like how real fruit grows on a tree. I can't tell a tree. Okay. I want to see more apples on you, more apples. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> if I want my tree to grow more apples, I have to make sure that it's fertilized. I have to make sure that it's watered. So what we can do with our kids and ourselves to grow in the fruit of the spirit, we can't say, okay, I just want to see more love. Come on, more love kids, more kindness. <laughs> we say, okay, well, we got to backtrack and we got to say, how do we grow in the fruit of the spirit? Well, we got to fertilize and what's the food that we're supposed to be taking in? Well, it's the bread of life. It's Christ. What's the water we're supposed to be taking in? It's the living water, which again is Jesus. <laughs> Where are we supposed to be putting our spiritual roots? We're supposed to be putting them into God's love. So um, even Jesus talks about this, this abiding metaphor. He talks about it as like a vine, right? I'm sure you've heard this where mm -hmm. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And without me, can you grow any fruit? No, you cannot. So we mm -hmm. expect to be able to grow in kindness just by practicing kindness. And sure, there may be a little bit, there's like an, a little bit of that. Maybe we are going to grow in kindness just by talking about it, but that's the self-help gospel. That's not the real gospel. The real gospel is that Christ comes in us and does for us what we can't do for ourselves and grows these things in us, his supernatural power. So mm -hmm. that's what I want my kids to know. I mean, I don't use it in exactly the same language in the book because I'm talking to adults now and not children, <laughs> but it, that's kind of the point. <clears throat> that's it's the same point that I try to help all new believers with as well. Mm -hmm as being like children, you know, coming to him and understanding that the fruit, all of the goodness doesn't come from you following all the rules. It comes mm -hmm. from this internal walking with God. 
and, and really the spirit of walking with them. So another thing you had said on here, sure. Teaching verses and doing activities gives our kids language for their actions and feelings, but the real deep work of heart change is done by God. The fruits aren't character traits to strive for. They're products of a life spent with Jesus. And I think that is just so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it's something that God has taught me over the last few years. Absolutely. So another thing that I had watched of yours was a a quick little YouTube thing you had done (laughs) about just really changing how we do faith with our kids in the home. And I think that is just so important. And uh, you talked about um, just kind of getting in the rhythm of faith with them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just explore that a little bit. What, what do you mean by that? And how can we do that with our kids? Oh, yeah. Well, you've opened up a huge can of worms now because I love talking about this. <clears throat> Sorry. So what I mean by rhythms of faith is not that is that faith becomes kind of a natural part of our lives, but it has to be, for most of us, it has to be something that we intentionally create in our lives. Like we don't create a natural rhythm of brushing our teeth unless we actually intentionally go out and practice brushing our teeth for a little while. And then it becomes a natural thing. Oh, my mouth feels gross. I should just go brush my teeth. It's the same thing with faith. Um, Unless you grew up with a a really good, like family faith model for you, you're going to have to try something out and you're going to have to practice it. But for a lot of people, we think, well, this means I have to have this like big, long worship time with my kids every day or once a week. And we get really scared by that because that's not who we are. We don't know how to lead something like that. So when I'm talking about rhythms of faith, I'm talking about these little things that just are plugged into your day every day. And they just become so natural. They become the way that your family thinks and breathes and eats. And so, yes, it takes some intentionality at first, but then it just becomes an extension of who you are. So how to get to this place where you're talking about faith with your kids and it's just kind of coming up in conversation and it's not feeling like contrived or fake um, is that we have to, we have to start with something really little. So I did a lot of studying on habit science and habit science tells us that the smaller and habit is the easier it is to do, the more likely we're going to be able to get it into our life. So if I was going to start a habit of scrolling Instagram every day, (laughs) it wouldn't take very long to get that into a habit in my life. As most of us know, because it's very easy and there's like immediate rewards. We're like, Oh yeah, look at that pretty house. But instead, if I was to get into a habit of doing a hundred pushups every day, (laughs) I'll probably never get into that habit because first of all, I don't want to (laughs) because it's hard. So we want to think about family faith in the same way. What can we do to make it easy for ourselves so that it just becomes something that we want to do? So it can become a habit. So it just becomes like ingrained in our brains and our children's brains is this is who we are. This is just what we do. So um, I often talk about a little habit like blessing your children before bed. It's it's really simple. And I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard people talk about something like this before, but it actually has really surprising impacts. So that's, that's probably the thing that most people won't tell you about because, so I, I taught a class on this blessing your child and I'll explain what it is in a sec, but I taught a class on it every year at my church for like 10 years. And so then I was able to talk to those families and say, like, what happened in your family as a result of this? And people would every once in a while, they would give me feedback. They would update me on how their kids were doing. And 
it was kind of flabbergasting what was happening because of this 20, 30 second habit. So it's basically you just, you know, before bed, you post a Bible verse on your child's wall so you don't forget, or you literally just write it down on a sticky note right now. You find a Bible verse, you write it down and you put it on your child's wall. So you're not going to forget. And then before you say goodnight, you put your hand on their head and you just speak that verse over your child. So most people would start with something like the one in numbers that says, may the Lord bless you and keep you may make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May turn his face toward you and give you peace. And that's the one that happens most often in our home too, but you can switch it. You can, if there's another verse that means a lot to your child or to you, or that you feel God wants you to pray over your child nightly, use that one. And it seems really obvious. It seems really simple and like, okay, well, it's just a stupid little habit. Like it's never going to mean anything. But these parents were telling me things like, you know what? My child stopped having nightmares. Um, My children started sleeping better. My children stopped having so much anxiety. Uh, My children who um, had brain damage are now memorizing that Bible verse and applying it to their lives, which probably is like the biggest surprise to me. Um, Like this thing that was physically impossible for their child to do, their child was doing. And families that, you know, their kids stopped having nightmares. They started sleeping better. They would wake up happier. And this one specific family start, the mom was like, well, maybe we can start reading the Bible together in the mornings now because my kids are happier in the mornings. Nobody's cranky. So now for years and years, she's been reading the Bible together for 20 minutes or so every morning with her kids, all because she started this tiny little thing with her family. And so it's, it's really just one of those little things that starts to invite God into your day. I think of, of this tiny little habit, like, like you have the, we have the door closed to faith things in our lives. It's, it's either all private or we don't know what to do. So saying a little blessing over your child just kind of cracks the door open to, for God to work in your family. And then God's like, yeah, <laughs> and then he's going to kick that open and he's going to say, look at all these other things I want to do in your life. And so then you never know what's going to happen. So I don't have like a five step first, you play prayer blessings and then you do a Bible study because it looks different in every family. That's one of the things I really believe is that we were called to follow Christ and to share him with our kids, but we could be confident that God loves our kids more than we do. And he's the one that's doing the hard work of, of changing their hearts, Uh, but we can be, um, creative in what we're doing in our families, because your family's a little different from mine. Even if you have three boys like I do, and you homeschool them like I do, your family's still going to look a little different from mine. So your routines are going to look a little different. Your rhythms are going to look different. Um, And then, but we want to do this in a consistent way. And the consistency is the hard part for a lot of people. And that's why I talk about starting with these little tiny habits, because once you get the little tiny habit in, it's like, it opens the door And then God will show you, oh, maybe we could do more here. So for me, one of the tiny little things, I really wanted to start reading the Bible in the mornings with my kids when they were like, I think my oldest was about five or six. I wanted to do that at breakfast, but I kept forgetting to do it. It was just something that I was like, oh, it's easier just not not to do. (laughs) You know, the kids are finally all in their chairs eating breakfast. And I'm like, oh, now I can unload the dishwasher. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or now I can sweep the floor because there's nobody walking through my pile of stuff. <laughs> and so, um, 
I, first of all, I, I got this like big plate one day, my husband and I went out for a date and we did one of those like plate painting things. So I put that on the table and then I put a really easy devotional on it. Uh, it was one that takes like 20 seconds to read. And then my kids started reminding me, Hey mom, you want to, we want to do that because it's sitting on the table. So it's reminding them. And I'm like, Oh, it only takes 20 seconds. Sure. Let's do that. And over the years that has evolved into this beautiful time of reading scripture with my kids, praying with them in the mornings. Sometimes we sing a song or two with a CD. Like I'm not, you know, strumming on a guitar and singing Kumbaya. We <laughs> put on a VBS CD or something, but um, it's, it's just something that is kind of who we are now because we started with this tiny little thing. And I, so that was probably like seven, six or seven years ago. So I'm really passionate about starting with these tiny things because it's so much more sustainable. You can actually do it <laughs> in your life. It makes it more fun. It makes it less scary. We don't want it to be scary. And it actually happens, which is important. <laughs> Yeah. And that idea of just writing it down on a sticky note when you're thinking about it and putting mm -hmm. it on the wall. I love that because there's so many times during the day that things will come up and I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do this. But then you forget, you just don't remember, or you feel like, ah, is this really important or whatnot? But having that reminder, I think is so good. Another thing that you talked about on the little YouTube that I watched was even if your kids are not sitting still, that doesn't mean that they're not getting it and that they're not understanding it because I I'm definitely guilty of being like, okay, sit down. We're going to, we're going to read this now. We're going to get it in our brains. We're going to learn this, but really having that, uh, that understanding and that compassion to know that they're just little things, the little babies, you know, or, or, or yeah. you know, we're all growing and we don't want to walk down, as you said, down a white hallway. Like we want that, that fun around us as well. And, uh, so just those little bite-sized things and knowing that that really is planting that seed. It yeah. is. Yeah. Very much. All right. So how now I know that you are writing all of these beautiful books and just moving forward with God's will. How is he working in your life now? What is next for you as far as uh, where he's directing you? Well, God is just constantly teaching me to live in his power and not mine. He just, every day he's just showing me how very much I need him <laughs> in parenting, in writing books. I think he's just reminding me again and again of who he is and his goodness. I'm currently reading through the prophets, which has been really hard. I've actually kind of avoided the prophets for probably like a decade. <laughs> And I've actually, I'm, now I'm regretting it because I, I'm going through and I'm actually listening to them and think, seeing, wow, look at how good God is. I remember reading them a long time ago and thinking, oh, listen to all this judgment. But now I'm realizing, oh, in all of this, God's like, just return to me, just come to me. And, and it's also a reminder that we need Jesus to return to him. We need him <laughs> to follow him, really. It's just a constant reminder of how much we need him. So God is, he's growing me in the fruit of the spirit. I mean, as I'm talking about it with my kids, he's definitely growing me in love and faithfulness and self-control. <laughs> oh, over and over again, the fruits of the spirit we so desperately need, but we don't know how to get. Jesus is working on me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> as with all of us, where mm -hmm. we are a, a constant, uh, a constant little project, I think for him <laughs> and yeah. working on our hearts. <laughs> 
And I think that the most, the biggest way that he works on me is through my kids. Like before I had kids, I was kind of the person who was like, I know I'm sinful, but I don't like have something to confess every day. (laughs) And now I'm like, oh, I have something to confess every day. (laughs) That is not a problem. I really can see my sin now that I have kids. Um, But I love how God is like changing me and growing me through that. So the other day, I was in the bathroom and I could hear two of my kids like going at it. They were screaming at each other about something. I'm like, "Ah!" you know, if I'd been right there, I would be like, stop, what are you yelling about? But I was in the bathroom. So I was, I I couldn't just run out. (laughs) I had to, you know, wash my hands first and stuff. So I had a minute to pray. And that was so good because then God enabled me, you know, he filled me up with his peace and I was able to walk in there and just be like, Hey guys, like what's going on here <laughs> instead of what's going on here and, and able to speak with them with really, I felt like Christ's peace working in me, enable me to bring peace into this situation. Not like fake peace where they're just like, sorry, sorry, but actually like help them to understand each other. And, and so that was God working in me through that. So I, I want God to, more moments from God like that, I guess. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. We don't always get them because we don't always stop and say, God, help me. But that yeah. is slow, but steady. Absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest things that I have learned with kids is being able to stop and say, God, help me in in all aspects of my life. I think that has honestly been my biggest transformation in my faith journey is with my kids and knowing that I can't fix everything (laughs) (laughs) and, and I'm not capable of it, but knowing that I can ask God for help and that he will help me. And I think my kids, if it wasn't for my kids, I don't know if because your kids, I mean, as a mom, they're, they're just a piece of you. And so seeing them, you want the best for them and they're their own people and they make their own choices and they do their own things. And we can't control the whole situation, despite the fact that we want to, uh, but we can ask God for help. And the fact that he does help us with that. I think that for me has been really transformational for sure. And that's really a portable skill because, well, not a skill, I suppose, but I mean, we, when we learn that God is going to help us in those situations, we know that God's going to help us if we're in a job situation or if we're in a house loss situation or whatever situation that we're in a fight with a friend. Now we know, oh yeah, God has shown himself to be true and reliable. And then he keeps his promises as I'm working with my kids. So he's going to be true and reliable and keep his promises in this situation too. Absolutely. Yeah. If people were wanting to find your books and all of the amazing things that you are doing, if they are wanting to learn more about how to help grow these little world changers up in this world, uh, where would they find your work and everything that you're doing? Well, the easiest place is just to go to my website. That's littleshootsdeeproots.com which is, I just love that title. <laughs> it came to me so a couple of years ago and I'm like, <laughs> I love this little shoots, deep roots. So perfect. Cause it refers to the little shoots as being our kids, but also the little shoots of these little habits that I love to talk about. And these little habits that create deep faith roots in our lives. So, um, I have, a a free resource on there. You can sign up for, if you like, and it's called the start little guide. So it's all it's all really about what I talked about, like these tiny little things that make a big difference. So if you want to start reading the Bible with your kids, here's a little habit that you can implement in your life and how to do that too. So it also talks about how to do that. 
Um, and then if you, again, go to my website and just click on the books tab, you'll see all my books. Um, I have a free live training on there. Oh, not, not a live training, just a free training. <laughs> <laughs> and then some like digital uh, Bible studies. I re- make really simple Bible studies for families to use. We're reading like a verse or two a day. So if that's something you want to start actually reading the Bible with your kids and not a devotional, which I also write, <laughs> um, you can do, you can have those. And there's a Bible verse in each of those and a, a little activity that you can do if you have time and some discussion questions to talk about. So it takes like five minutes, but it's just an easy way to get some actual Bible study into your life as a family. I love that for our listeners who are at that place where they are at a moment of, uh, really trying to live faith in their life. What would be your suggestion for helping them to move forward, uh, and grow closer to the Lord? Just get to know Jesus. He's my favorite. (laughs) I mean, I love the whole Bible. Like I said, I've been reading the prophets, but I just love Jesus. I love reading the gospels. There was a while, I think a year or so where I only read the gospels and I listened to them and I read them and I read about them. And that's all I needed for a while. I needed to know who Jesus is and, and what he taught and why it matters to my life. So I would just say, get in there with Jesus. <laughs> and then if you have questions about something that he's teaching, see if you can find something to cross-reference to go look in the Old Testament. Oh, how does so there, there are lots of like study resources out there, but I would just say, start with Jesus, get in there with him and then start exploring out as you get curious. Cause he's going to give you more of a hunger and a thirst for him. The more you seek him, the more you want to. Yeah, for sure. And on the giving faith front, because that is where you are. I mean, you have lived a life with faith and now you're giving back to everybody else. So if people are at a place though, where they're like, I really feel like God is calling me to move forward, but I'm scared. And I don't know how to continue with this. Uh, what, what suggestion would you have for them? Because I'm sure jumping into this whole, um, being an author and, and everything that you're doing was a little scary at certain times. What would you give them as far as advice goes on following God's will in that way? Mm, I think that a lot of what I wrote came out of my in-person ministry. So I don't think that I would have been doing online ministry if I hadn't doing ministry in people face to face. So I was doing children's ministry and I also, I was a leader in women's ministry for a while. Um, the first year that I joined our women's Bible study, I was like, sure, I'll be a leader if you need somebody. Of course they always do. So I shouldn't have said it like that, <laughs> but I always kind of just sort of get thrust into leadership positions, but Putting yourself into a leadership position like that is a great way to force yourself to grow in your skills, to force yourself to do the Bible study every week, right? Because you got to be there to answer questions or to guide the discussion. So I would say start by just ministering to people face to face and then see where God takes that. Yeah. Because he has a way of working in us when we're, when we have that moment where we're sitting there and we don't want to raise our hand, but it's like, ah. I really feel like I need to right now. And then he pushes us. He stretches us. I think yeah. that's what's so cool is he stretches us in such amazing ways. Oh, yeah. Thank I feel you. like a piece of uh, silly putty sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. I know I do. That is for sure. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really do appreciate it. I think that this is just going to bless our listeners so much. And I know that so many of them have kind of struggled with how to, how to tackle faith with kids. Like, how do we do this? How do we get to, cause we know the transformation that we've had well. And so just knowing that, you know, those little bite-sized things really do make a difference. And I really do appreciate you coming on and talking with us today. Problem. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that so much. And before I let you go, I have two things that I wanted to share with you. Number one, if you are that gal who is kind of going through that faith transition right now, and you're trying to figure out the overwhelm and navigate this new life. And I understand it's overwhelming because when we are leaving the LDS church, it is like what you eat and who you hang out with. And it's not, it's like all encompassing. It's not just uh, what you think about God. It's everything. And so trying to figure out where to go from here and how to just live life in line with God still, because we're not ready to give up on Jesus, but still trying to figure out, you know, and just how to be, how to be, <laughs> that's the bigger thing. Like, how do you be <laughs> without it, without all of the social and religious rules around it? If this is you and this is speaking to your heart right now, then um, come and join me. I would love to help you on this journey. Uh, this is just my passion. It's what I love to do. And so I'd love to help you on this journey. You can grab in the show notes um, a session with me to go ahead and make that happen. I would love to talk to you and help you through this. Other thing is if you feel like this episode really spoke to you and you think it could help others too, then I would love it like the biggest thing that you could do to help this podcast and get it into the hands of other people is to share it with a friend, but then also if you rate and review it, it really helps podcasts uh, algorithm to know that this is something that is important and really can help people. So if you would take the time to do that, I would love that also. And please forgive my super scratchy voice tonight. That is a compliment of a, some sort of wonderful cold that I brought home. And um, yeah, that's where we are. My husband was reminding me about um, Phoebe, I guess, on Friends when <laughs> back in the day she got famous for singing her stuff with her rough, scruffy voice. So I appreciate you indulging me this evening with my rough voice. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next time.